I do have a question for you. Oh. Why you treated me a certain way after I met you. And I mean, I could say this about me and you. You and I, the first time I met you, you were so sweet and so lovely. And then a year later was a different dynamic. Denise, so, I don't feel anything personal towards you. I know that, no. You know what I'm talking about. No. But I'm asking you, no, like, I, what did I do to you? Can you tell me what it is, though? Because I'm not clear. Well, I'll be very clear. You were so kind to me. And I was like, oh, my God, she's so sweet. She's so lovely. Da, 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 da. And then when I came to do my, sorry, guys, I have such a bad cold. Well, I'm high, but I don't know where she is. But she's on another level. You were very different towards me. What happened with Erica's... What's a Mood. specific moment that bothers you the most? What, what bothers you the no, most? No, come no, on, I'm trying to think guys. Like, We're grown-ass adults. And you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. I really don't. I'm sorry. I, like, really? I think... Yeah, really. Oh. You really don't? <clears throat> I'm sorry, I don't remember. What are you talking about? I'm just talking I don't know what to say. Oh. Do you have an example? Of yeah, can you did? give me an example? I don't, I just don't an example. Go watch the show. Oh. Watch the show. That's your example. Watch the show. Wait, what's happening? If you need to take a second, watch the show, and then come back and do this, great. Oh. Hello, and welcome to Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo. Hi, Mariana. Hey, baby gorgeous. How are you? Oh, you're so sweet. I just finished telling Nathan, everyone, that I'm not feeling it. I'm premenstrual. I'm crampy. I'm getting hot flushes already. Mm. My life isn't in the toilet like Erica, but I'm in that mood today like it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I may be getting a new dog on Sunday. <gasps> Get out. Yes. Have I not told you this story? No. Okay, so long story short, a lady has a little chihuahua, four kids. The two little kids are really little and mm-hmm. the dog is scared of one of them and has gone to like growl at her and bite her. So that happened with Andy Cohen's dog. Yeah. So for the sake of her dog having a better life and not being left outside all day, Uh because, you know, she's got a little, like a newborn, like you can't, you can't be watching everyone all the time. She's so lovely. And so she's like, yes, this is the best thing for the dog. Oh, wow. So three dogs in the house. That's a lot of dogs. I don't know how I'm going to cope, but I just keep focusing on this poor baby not having the attention he needs and deserves. Oh, so nice. I'm focusing on that and not how I'm going to walk three dogs. Yeah, you'll be fine. Well, yeah. Kato doesn't need a lead, so that's helpful. Yeah, they'll walk you. Yes, they will. That's what I'm worried about. (laughs) (laughs) So it's weird. I think of him like a rescue, but he does have a mum who loves him. It's so, it's odd, you know? So are you going to like rename him? No, he's three years old. His name's Louis. That's cute. It is cute. And he's a smooth coat. I wouldn't say long hair because his hair's shorter than Dax's, but because his hair's shorter, he looks smaller than her. Yeah. I'll text you a photo Yeah. later because I can't please. multitask today. Yeah. Oh, he's so freaking cute. Awesome. They've met twice already and they get along. This is great. Things are looking up. Things are looking up, mate. What a way to end the year. And 
then today's my first drinking day of the week. So I'm telling you at the 4.01pm, I will be sipping on a rosé, living my best life with my dogs. Huzzah. See? And I think by this time next week, we will have watched Rony Legacy. <gasps> I think. I thought it was coming out. In, what's coming out in January? Oh, no, that's um Vanderpump. Yes. You're so right. And we just had two amazing episodes of television. So we've got the Beverly Hills and the Salt Lake, which I laughed and laughed all throughout. I was so impressed with Salt Lake because I feel like it's just been a slow, like there's been moments, no shit, but it's Mm -hmm. been a slower build-up. Miami, there's no build-up. You're in it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I do, I am enjoying Miami this season. It's fucking great. They've got a great cast on that show. It's very good. Yes. And this Beverly Hills app. I loved it so much. And it was sort of like the inverse of an ordinary episode where you get like boring little solo scenes and then the big group event. We sort of had that flipped. But like I still enjoyed it because I was on such a high from the the dinner that everything afterwards I was just in this happy state. Like I'd had five milligrams of THC. It was so good. So much happened. I didn't know what to record for the intro. So many funny lines. Let's just go through it. So we pick up with like a replay of the ring convo and then we even get the name on flashback, which I think is just going to be in every episode now and I'm happy with it. See, love Sutton or hate Sutton, but she's replacing Kathy Hilton with the memes. I'm sorry. Oh, totally. I mean, it's no who is hunky-dory, but it's fucking up there. It's getting there. Did you see there's this clip of Paris in Love floating around? <laughs> Did you watch Paris in Love? No, that I've never show? seen it. I think I'm going to when, you know, because we've got so much Housewives at the moment. Yes. When it all stops, I'll when need something. Yes. Yeah. Well, Kathy's confronting Paris about her book. And in her book, Paris talks about how she was sent to like this like Con, like a conversion type camp thing. I've you know watched what I mean? interviews with her about it or I watched a yeah. doco on it. I don't know. I remember just getting a lot of information from her about it. Yeah, it's this whole big thing. And But, of course, you know, Kathy doesn't like being talked about in the press. Mm. So she was sort of saying to Paris, like, there's one sentence that really hurt me and, of course, you wouldn't have written that. That must have been the ghostwriter because you wouldn't do that to me. Yeah. But then, like, mid-convo she stops and she goes, should I get Botox? <laughs> Just out of nowhere while confronting her daughter. And, like, Paris is like, what the fuck? Wow. It's very funny. Oh anyway, God, I, I miss her. That. Oh, I do. Okay, so I'll watch it for Kathy. That's a, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Sutton, so she says she's sorry for how Kyle reacted at her house. Mm-hmm. And then... Kyle says, thank you for apologising on my behalf. And she says, you're welcome, which I just think is so funny. (laughs) It was so good. And it kind of happens again later with Denise. So it's fucking awesome. It's so funny. So we sort of put a pin in the Kyle and Sutton stuff and we get to know this Anna Marie for like five seconds and then we're back to talking about affairs and makeup rings and stuff. Yes, with Garcelle. And I did like the fact that that Justin guy, he like was probing Garcelle. It, he was like the us, obviously, and he totally. know and he knew it. And that's the thing. He knew he knew that he knew he had to be delicate and um, not ask too many questions. Mm-hmm. He said to her, "So you did not know at all." Which she said that before, but to have a Hollywoody reporter guy ask, then all of a sudden you're just in it. You're in, you're it, in it with it. him, and everyone's facial expressions, like their facial reactions. I need to watch it again because when you're taking notes, you kind of miss some of that stuff. Oh, this episode I had to pause and type, which I never do. (laughs) Um, And I loved how this Justin was just like mugging for the camera, pulling Mm. faces. Like when Erica was talking about 
her love story or whatever, he was he was making faces that were just cracking me up. I know, me too. I love it. <laughs> he was like high at least, right? Yeah. So at this point, who do you think was high? Anyone who asked for their five milligrams, they were all feeling a buzz, every single one of them. They did tell us you're not supposed to drink while you're doing it. They mm. all would have had at least two, if not three, glasses of something by the time yeah. that food came. So they would have been buzzed. And Denise was on something else. Who knows what she was on? Well, okay. So playing devil's advocate, you know when she blurted out, I've got a bad cold? First of all, we've been through COVID, sweetie. Have you not learnt that when you're sick, <laughs> stay away from people? Like, that's not fair. But do you think maybe it was cold and flu medication mixed in with the drinking she did? Yeah, maybe. I'm not saying she's not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but I'm um, <laughs> devil's advocating. Yeah, maybe. That sounds about right. But then even like her facial movements when she was like wincing and grimacing. And yeah, like she had a stroke. Yes, this is what I'm saying. And I'm like, yeah. is that how your face reacts with both? Like I'm trying to be logical, but realistically speaking, I want to say that she dropped some fucking acid before she got there. She's on another planet. She, um, yeah. I mean, so Cynthia got to speak for a little bit, which mm. was nice. Yeah, not She enough. didn't say anything groundbreaking, but no. it was nice. To, it's nice to have her in the mix. It is. It's nice to see her. Yeah, and so, yeah, Erica talks about how she wants a love affair like the movies and Sutton had me rolling <laughs> when she said you've already had that, you've got Harold and Maud, but in reverse. That's so I don't get that. So I think it's like a, I've never seen it, but it's a movie where it's a young guy dating and a really old lady, like a grandma. I kind of got that, but I wish I'd got the reference so that I could have laughed out loud even harder. Yeah. Is it just Sutton's accent? I don't know what it is, but in her confessionals, She's just such a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. just the way that she said that. Again, I didn't know the Harold and Maud reference, but I was laughing so hard. Same. Because I'm just like, yes, Sutton, preach. Like, oh, it gave me so many of the goosebumps. I was cracking up. Same. So then we get Dorit asking Denise how it feels to be back in the group. And this is when Denise struggles to get her point across. And, like, what What do you think her point was? Just like the ladies, I forget. I mean, yes, it was their lives and they were there filming, but do you think it was a tactic? Sorry, I'm kind of answering your question with a question, but you know when Erica's like, I don't know what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't know what she's talking about. Is that Erica going like, you got to fucking work harder if you want me to own anything? Or does she truly forget what Denise is talking about? Well, I think she's wanting specifics and examples, whereas Denise is sort of talking about the whole thing. But I also think it's probably about the whole Brandy stuff and she just doesn't want to say that out loud. Ah, yeah, see, I forget. Because then at the, the lunch a day later or whatever, she sort of brings up the threesome thing. That can't have been it. It's like, oh, that again? She apologised at that thing. You guys were okay at Again, I can't remember. Just like Denise says, i got to go back and watch it. <laughs> go watch the show. That's your example. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> I loved having Denise back, but if someone else were to do this and mm. try to bring up drama from years ago, you know, we'd not be having that. We'd say, get up, get the fuck over it and get a new issue. Yeah. But it was so fun because of all the slurring <laughs> and the confusion that I just, I was on board with it. Denise was so confused as well. Everyone was confused. Mm-hmm. And when she kept saying like, watch the show, watch the yeah. show. And I'm like, name them. Name them. <laughs> Name them. <laughs> and I think the rose for me was the chef 
looking through the door being like, dude, Denise Richards is so fucked up. Oh, my God. He was, like, peering through the door just like we would have. It was so good. So funny. Uh, yeah, and this is where Erica apologises and Denise says thank you and, and you're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, my God. It's like whatever has happened, whether it be innocent or illicit, you are so off your face right now. You can't deny that. She's responding to herself. It's crazy. <laughs> I love that. And oh. Erica, this Lent thing, is, are we still in Lent? Because she seems to just be so chill, so cool girl. I'm impressed. Do you remember Erica said that her first season she didn't drink because mm-hmm. she wanted to be able to have a game face on for the ladies? Yeah. It's like we're getting that Erica. She's feeling in control again. And there's a confidence to that. There's a there's a self-assuredness to that. And I think that's what you're responding to and what you're enjoying. Like she's not being rattled by anyone. And yeah. it's nice to have a character like that on the show when all of them know how to press each other's buttons. And at this point mm-hmm. with Erica, it's like the worst things going on in my life are out there. You can't do shit to me no more. And it's bloody working. She is a breath of fresh air this season. Like I... I I know she's a horrible person, but fuck, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I am enjoying it not being all about Erica because... That's good. Because there's nothing new, really, mm-hmm. to her story. I can guarantee you when something new happens, it's going to be all about Erica again. Erica is not off the hook. It's not over, as she keeps saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're just pausing. I'm sure this is the eye before the storm kind of thing. Well, let's just enjoy it. Or the eye in the storm, whatever the analogy is. Fucking hell, even I can't do analogies. (laughs) Analogies always trip people up on these shows. (laughs) Well, now it's tripping me up. I've got to go back to a squalor. So while the table's wrapping up, the last thing that happens at the table is Sutton pulls out a joint and I just thought it was like the ghost of Alison Dubois when she was (laughs) puffing on that. I didn't think of it like that. Oh, my God, I just got goosebumps. Yeah, I I should put up a side-by-side. With Faye Resnick at the end of the fucking table. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. good. Oh, that's What what do you think of Sutton pulling out a joint? Like, I've seen some people online be like, or I think even Crystal said it, like, such a hypocrite considering Magic Mike and now you're pulling out a joint. But I don't think that's hypocritical. Yeah. Only because I think that I am really sexually open. I don't care. But I've told you before, I don't like male strippers. So I think I would be uncomfortable. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. throw a hissy fit, but I'd just be like, this isn't doing anything for me. I'm not into this. I'm out of here. But I would also happily go here, pass me the joint at the table. Yeah, my thing was like, you're smoking indoors? How is this okay? Because didn't Sutton, like, didn't she like light a fire in Kyle's house and it burned down a little bit? (laughs) Look, she likes a fire. Don't we all? They're mesmerising. And she said, I asked Kyle and she said it was fine. I think she was doing it for shock value and Erica gave her Uh everything she needed in that shock value. So I actually thought Erica was being kind, kind of spoon feeding that to Sutton, giving her what she wanted. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I just thought it was an Alison Dubois callback. I I love that. When you said that, that gave me the goosebumps again. I was very happy with that. Thank you. So Denise leaves the table. She pulls Kyle Garcell and Sutton aside and she basically says, well, she does say, Eric is a dumb cunt because she doesn't know what I'm talking about. And everyone's like, no, no one, one knows, knows what you're, what talking, you're talking about. about. <laughs> but then when she's like, oh, she knew, she knew, I just started going, do you mean she knew what you were on about or she knew about Tom? I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty Maybe sure it was. Tom what- was at the farm. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was what she meant. She knew what I was talking about. But the way that she said she knew, she knew, my head went to Tom for some reason, but that's because that's where Mm. it always goes. We must remember this woman is wearing a jacket upside down. Oh, my God. Now, I understand how that happens. I have a faux fur and Uh it's fallen down off my chair on the floor and I've picked it up and I've put it on the back of the chair upside down and Uh gone, oh, whoops. (laughs) So I can imagine that if I was high... I would mm-hmm. probably be able to do something like that. But yeah. when Dorit was trying to tell her and she's like, don't do that. You know what you're doing. Don't do that. Yeah. Do so you, think, you say. <laughs> do you think Denise was just like, don't embarrass me on camera? Is that what she was saying? She was basically trying to say to, in my opinion, that Dorit was trying to make her out like she was cuckoo. Like she was fucked up. Exactly. That's it. Like she was fucked up. And it's that thing of when you are drunk and someone is trying to tell you that you're so drunk and you're like, I'm not Mm -hmm. that drunk, I'm tipsy. And then the next morning you're like, oh, my God, I was so drunk. But I don't think Dorit had malintent. No, she didn't, but I believe obviously Denise was paranoid and she took it that way and she was paranoid because she was high. (laughs) Yeah, well, but did she even get the THC? Well, that's what Kyle was saying because – when Sheffy went around and asked everyone, she said, I don't want any. And she was already buzzed on something before the food yeah. came out. Did she swap plates with someone or something? I don't know. Maybe like Garcelle said, that she was nervous. So before she got there, she might have had too much to drink. And if she was taking some kind of medication for mm-hmm. a cold and let's be honest, she probably wouldn't be on cold and flu tablets because her husband does all that weird jingle jangle stuff. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's a holistic medicine person. Who knows what he fucking gave her? He might have given her something for a cold and flu and it was accidentally Valium or some shit. We don't know. Mm -hmm. I was sort of remembering how cuckoo the husband is as Mm. well. Like they are already paranoid people. Yes, that's right. Because the feds are, the governments, there's a conspiracy. Uh They, They follow them in their truck. Yeah, so I was like, this is bringing out even more paranoia and she's not even on the drugs. But okay. She's the paranoid, so for sure. She leaves, they put her in a car, <laughs> which is for the best. I hope she gets home and has the wherewithal when she takes her jacket off to realise it was upside down. She's going to see the show, so. Well, I sort of think, she. I think when Derek told her it's upside down, she kind of knew. And then she was like, don't embarrass me, but you should have just ignored it. I don't know, she's crazy. She should have turned around and went, oh, my God, whoops. Like, I'm telling you, it can happen. Uh Anyway, so Dorit then fills Kyle in on the in-denial comment Sutton made that we all loved. And Kyle confronts her straight away. She was like, I'm still riled up. And she's, (laughs) I love how she was like, I said it at the table. And Kyle's like, I don't care where you said it. I don't care if you were saying it standing on your head. And she goes, we all know I can't stand Stand on on my my head. head. I love this woman. (laughs) Erica and Crystal were like cracking up as well. I love this woman. (laughs) So stupid. So funny. So Kyle walks off and I think only like Erica follows her and everyone sort of else sort of lingers around Sutton, which I don't know if that's telling or not. But then Mm. Sutton follows her to the kitchen and it sort of gets a bit dark. So like they sort of come out with it. Kyle says you have an eating disorder and you're drinking, you're an alcoholic pretty much. Yeah. And she says, well, you've already lost two sisters. Do you want to lose a third? So they're both like going below the belt. Like what did you think of that? Now that you've put it that way, I kind of think, well, okay, I get it. Kyle did low blows, so Sutton did a low blow. But in the moment, 
it didn't seem like Kyle was as bad and it seemed like Sutton was really wrong. Oh, okay. So now, like I said, now I'm thinking about it differently going, well, yes, Sutton fucked up, but so did Kyle. Yeah, I sort of see it as tit for tat and like... I feel like we've been trained for 13 years to be super sensitive about Kyle and the sisters and to think that's the worst thing in the world. You are so right. But really, I'd say saying someone has an eating disorder or they're faking an esophagus issue and they're an alcoholic is kind of just as bad. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone in that room agreed with you because when Kyle and Erica were out of the room, they were all just standing there kind of silent Yeah. because they all were agreeing that Sutton went too far. Yeah, that's how we've been trained to think. You're so right. And yet we can't talk about Kyle and the sisters, but she's the only one that's had both of her sisters on the show, which means Mm -hmm. they're characters on the show, which means, yeah, we can talk about them. You're so right. I thought it was a bit presumptuous for her to put herself in the category of another sister. It's like, are they closer than we thought? Like this is the whole thing over the past few episodes where she's like, she never has my back. And it's like, you guys aren't friends, but apparently... She thinks they're sister level. Sutton thinks they're friends. I mean, she did live in her house, so maybe there was a time where they were mm. closer. Mm-hmm. But, well. yeah, Sutton's acting like these people are her real friends and they're obviously not. Like, Kyle and Dorit are really good friends and yet from what she was sort of alluding to at the dinner, she's had real conversations with Faye about her marriage. She hasn't had one with Dorit. I wouldn't be having one with a castmate if I was sensitive about it, yeah. That's what I was just thinking. It's like, no, of course she's not going to because it's going to end up on the fucking show. I think this Kathy is problematic. And so do you think Sutton is pressing these buttons and bringing it up and making Kyle earn her check because Kathy's sort of in her ear getting her to do this? Oh, maybe. Maybe Sutton's getting info from Kathy. She seems riled up. She does. Like, it seems like someone's amped Sutton up for this. Ooh. That's an accusation, Nathan, and I'm into it. Well, and because even at this moment, Sutton's like, yeah, I mean, Kathy can be an asshole. She yelled at me about not sticking up for her in the press. And Kyle's like, yeah, <laughs> like, she's a monster. Yeah, and you didn't say anything about it at reunion. Well, but, like, why would she? I would think, like, that fight at reunions between, you know, Two sisters, why are you going to butt in? I would not butt in. And if she had butt in, Kyle would have been the first person to jump down her throat and tell her not to butt in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like this is your immediate family stuff. And do you also think that as soon as Sutton made that comment, Kyle was like, well, I'm calling Kim in to do a scene? Yeah. Yeah, that's totally what the plan was, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it was great to see her, but. It was, wasn't it? And yeah, it's like, again, you're bringing one of your sisters back on the show as a character. If we're all going to talk about it, the ladies get to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're right. I don't think Sutton's out of line talking about that stuff because, like, these people were on the show. It's fair game. It's a storyline. It's like if we didn't talk about Erica's legal drama. Exactly. So then this is when Kyle walks off and Erica follows and everyone stays with Sutton. So that was... I don't know. I think probably people just wanted to give Kyle space. I don't yeah. know. Everyone leaves. Cynthia sums it up quite well by saying it went well, then it went bad, then it went well, then it went bad. <laughs> yeah. And then we get that really sad scene where Kyle's just in the kitchen crying, like home alone, talking to her staff. Yeah. And getting comfort from her staff. And I was like, oof, she's unhappy. When the only people you have to console you are the people you pay, admittedly she's probably like a family member if she's been there for years, but it's not her job to consult. That is sad. She's got 
production mm. and staff. I'm assuming Mo's not home. I guess she could have called Morgan. She probably went upstairs to call Morgan. Yeah, maybe Morgan was hiding upstairs in the closet all along. Maybe. Or they um, just, you know, had a chat on the phone and then had phone sex. Maybe. Yeah. So that was that was the dinner, dinner party from hell part three or whatever we're at now. Like it was fun for the books, right? It wasn't hellish, but it was fun for us. And it was, fun. It was because of Sutton and Denise that it was fun. Yes. So thank yes. you to Sutton and Denise. It was great. So then we get the filler. As I said, it sort of dipped in quality, but I was still on such a high. <laughs> I was loving it. I was happy for all the little scenes so that they could talk about the dinner and we could Uh get maybe extra opinions on how they really felt. That's all. Yeah, so we get little cutaways like with Erica not knowing how to make lemonade and Kyle going for a run, blah, 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 and then we land on Anna Marie's house. What do you think of her house? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I could do without the pickleball, honestly. I'm over pickleball. Yeah, I don't need to watch people play pickleball. I'd rather go back to the goat yoga. But, but it is more interesting than throwing hammers and smashing plates. So That's true. Yeah. Uh, this Anna Marie, I know we sort of gave her a hard time last week because she was being a little bit nosy, mm. but it sort of just feels like Kyle's got her mouthpiece sorted. Yes. I don't think Anna Marie's, like, has she ever had a conversation with any of the others yet? Like, not yet. Really. Not yet. From what I'm seeing of Anna Marie, I can see that she's opinionated. Great. Mm-hmm. Unless she needs Kyle as an ally going forward, I can see her turning on Carl. Oh, you can? Yeah. This That'd one says what she thinks. Like she agrees that Sutton was being shady about talking about her marriage yeah. and she's like, you know, I'm in medicine. I want to know about this esophageal issue. And we can see next week that she grills Sutton about it. I don't think it's about – Doing that for her friend, I think this is what she's like. Because who oh, okay. who was it? Was it Crystal that said last episode in Confessional that Anna Marie is opinionated? Yeah, she was nosy and a gossip and opinionated. Yeah, so that coupled with what I'm seeing, <laughs> that makes if sense. she's got a problem with Kyle, she'll fucking say it. It just depends what kind of allyship she has with the other cast members going forward. Yeah, so, yeah, they sit down after Pickleball and talk about the marriage and stuff and Sutton. And Kyle also says she's really disappointed in Garcelle because Garcelle's the one that finally, like, stopped skirting around the bush and named it. And <laughs> it sort of made me think, like, I don't think Kyle and Garcelle have ever been friends. No. Like, if Kyle and Sutton were friends, like, sure, but Kyle and Garcelle have always sort of had that issue between them. Yeah. No, I and agree. so it's like, yeah, who cares? Well, <laughs> she was getting the shits with Sutton for not being specific and for beating around the bush, and mm-hmm. Garcelle was specific and didn't beat around the bush, and now you've got a problem with her? Yeah. It's like, yeah. pick a lane. Pick a lane, pick a Kyle. Lane. Yeah, that's so true. So at the same time that that pickleball party is happening, we've got Crystal Sutton, Garcelle and Denise at lunch. And I was surprised to see Denise again. She wants back on the show, I reckon. She wants friend of. Well, because Charlie's not giving her any money anymore. So oh, okay. she's not in the same financial position. So Right. Yeah, okay. Well, oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving I think it. it's great. I think like more people should be friends of. Yeah, we need more friends of because when a friend of picks a lane, like has an allyship, then it's almost like, well, that's what you're there for. This is boring. But when there's a few of them, mm-hmm. then that collectively stirs more of the pot. So I'm up for it. Yeah, exactly. So they all order some hot water 
and then discuss Kyle coming for Sutton's drinking. Crystal says, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have said the sister's comment, blah, blah, blah. Then they talk about the Denise and Erica thing. And Crystal's like, what What was that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she sort of says, yeah, it's about that threesome dinner from five years ago. It's not about that threesome dinner from five years ago. (laughs) No, of course not. You're right. It's about the affair stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, about the Rinna stuff as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, any other thoughts about those two convos before we move on? Not really, just because no one really gave me an opinion that mm-hmm. added to the dinner. That's what I was hoping to get, for someone to actually say how they they really felt about something that they didn't mention at the dinner. But no, we didn't get that. No, they already mentioned it all at the dinner. And then we get this scene with Dorit and PK bickering about tea and then she fills him in on Kyle and Mo, and then they talk about homeschooling the kids. Yeah. So she wants to keep the kids in homeschool for like another year or another like 10 years until they're 14. And he says no. And she pretty much alludes that he's an absent parent. How'd you feel about all this? I was on PK's side. Like I've noticed that he is very blunt and he's Mm -hmm. not delicate with his words to take into consideration her feelings. Mm -hmm. I too am like that. So I cannot Mm -hmm. judge that. He's not wrong. He's just not delivering it to her in a way that's receptive. Like when he was just like, you know, you've got irrational fears, that's really hard to hear when you're experiencing PTSD, but those fears are actually irrational. She's catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's face it, when have you met a homeschooled kid that wasn't a freaking weirdo? Like there's no socialization. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to socialize with your peers. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's pretty harsh to say you only want to homeschool them because of your PTSD when he organized the robbery. So it's like, this is all your fault, PK. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm not touching that with a 10 yeah. pole. But no, yeah, he's he's very blunt. But She is very resentful. That's what's totally. happening. She is mad at him. She's dis- No, she's not mad at him. She's disappointed with uh-huh. him. She's sad about the whole thing. He wasn't that fucking there for her in the way that she needed. I mean, I was going to say, can you be there for them in the way that they need? Yeah, you Physically, can. he was in London, remember? Yeah, and... From what we, the stories we hear, he's constantly owing people money. He's constantly going broke and then making money again. So it's like, I get that you need to work, but at the same time, it's not like you're Mo. It's not like that you're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So explain to me again why you're in London. That's a great point. Yeah. Great point. Anyway, so that was that, sort of sowing the seeds for their separation. Yeah. Whether or not it's happened or not happened. I'm still unclear on where we're at currently. but She's saying no. They're saying mm. no. I'm happy to live in suspense. She's doing a Kyle. We're working on our marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then Erica meets Mikey at a bar to talk about, like, the Vegas residency. I thought this was a bit boring, but I get that that's just set up. Yes. I just thought her confessional was odd. What was it? That she only feels present when she's on stage and when she's having good sex. It's like, yes, Erica, we know you're having casual sex. Unless you're going to give us specific details, I don't want to hear. But the thing when she's going on about being a hunter. She is an odd one. You're doing a Denise Richards here, love. Like, you're losing me. I get your analogy, but again, bad analogy. Yeah, and like you're present on stage. It's like you lip sync. Like, wh- Hey, don't be coming for my drag queens. <laughs> oh, well, that they're meant to. <laughs> I don't know. 
Whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'm not interested in Erica enough to care about this bullshit scene. And you're right, Mikey only ever wants to be on the camera. Mm-hmm. That's why he was in that elevator for five hours going up and down. Get your own show, bitch. Yeah. Well, is she? so is she having a spin-off show about this residency? Oh, is she? That's what I, I'm hearing on the streets oh, of Potomac. God, it's going to be like the Madonna one. Is this what she wants to do? I don't know. Like a fucking, what was the Madonna doco? It was truth or dare. You fail yeah. it, gay, honestly. I can't even with you. <laughs> so, Move on. Uh, <laughs> Kyle and Dorit, they meet in the park to work out mm. and they call the wedding band theory bonkers. And then Kim appears. So we talked a little bit briefly about Kim, but this is apparently like the first time she's left the house since lockdown and mm. she tells us she's been drawing on walls or something. I mean, what, what, uh, God bless Kim. Good to see her again, but she is crazy. I didn't think that was weird. You didn't? No, and I thought the art was pretty good. Like it wasn't bad. Was it on her bedroom wall? Like is it in just her, the walls of her house? Yeah. So what? So I I guess it's very Michelangelo. She's doing murals in a house. I don't think that's weird. I thought it was pretty fucking weird. Why not? You're stuck in the house. It's locked down. A lot of people did crafty crap during lockdown. And she can well, kind of draw. So I think it's fantastic. Good for her. Yes. But is she exaggerating when she says it's the first time she's left the house since lockdown? Like, isn't this 2023 or 2024? All right. Well, so Kim has seen Paris Hilton's baby and it seems like Kyle has not because of this Kyle Cathy issues. Yes. Which... Makes me think, yeah, it's a bigger rift than we first thought. I don't think that's fair. I get that kids get to make up their own mind and they're not Mm -hmm. kids anymore, they're grown adults. But it is really sweet to see Kyle tell her daughters, like, stay out of the shit with us sisters. You should see your cousins. You should spend time with them. But Kathy's not doing the same thing. But at the same time, like, kids will hear their parents' side. They won't necessarily hear the side of you know, the aunts and uncles. So Yeah, I get we it. sort of see that in Jersey with Melissa and Tree and all that. But like I think also like these kids are old enough to watch the show. Yeah. Like if they want to make their own decisions on how the show's been edited, they can. It also just makes me think that there is parts of the story that we're missing. Totally. If they don't want to have anything to do with Kyle, we're probably getting a watered down version of Kyle on the show in terms of how she responds to her sister. Mm. I don't know. There were pretty full-on accusations from Lisa Rinna about their mum, but I don't necessarily think they were untrue accusations. Well, yes, of course. Like, even we got – did we get that flashback of Erica, you know, when she was saying she's not afraid of Kathy and there was that flashback where she sort of called the DJ, I think maybe the F word or something? I still believe that happened. This (laughs) is what I'm saying. But because we didn't see it – we yeah. don't have to hate Kathy for it. We're pathetic. <laughs> Honestly. We're in denial about something. We're in denial. <laughs> but then also, do I believe that Lisa Rin is capable of making up a story? Yes. So this is what how we justify it. Yeah. So basically the episode ends with Kim telling Kyle she wants her and Kathy to fix it, which I think was a good way to end. Yes. It needed yeah. to end. It needed to end. <laughs> but it was a great episode. I loved it. Me too. Next time we've got Garcelle crashing Jade's date night. Sutton has a store party and she's also fighting with Dorit and with Anna Marie about the esophagus sphincter. So that's going to be fun. Well, I did a little Googling about this esophageal disorder and it's there. it's a real thing. 
Of course. So I'm curious to see why Anna Marie's making a fucking deal about it if it's an actual medical thing. Like, wouldn't you just know? It can't be that many things. She would, wouldn't you just say, oh, she must have this, this or this. Mm. She's sitting there saying like, you know, this is my thing. I know all about the respiratory system. And then on the other hand, she's like, this is weird. What could it be? It's like, how many things could it be? Like, why are you acting all strong about it? And if you dig a little deeper, you're essentially saying, I don't believe you. You're making up a medical disorder to cover up your eating disorder. Correct. Which is like roof stuff. Yeah. That's what she's alluding to. If you know all about anatomy and that part of the body, then surely you can rattle off the couple of things it could be. Yeah. But like, why is this the fight to pick? I don't know. It's crazy town. It is crazy town. Speaking of crazy town, Salt Lake City. Oh, so good. Loved it. Loved every minute of it that I can remember. (laughs) And I think I loved it so much because Meredith just wanted to pick a fight about dumb shit and I love when they fight about dumb shit. Me too. It's just relaxing. (laughs) It's better than a holiday to Bermuda. Who wants to fight about fucking eating disorders? I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. No, But I do want to fight about bathtubs and views. Fucking oath I do. To have everyone sat in a bus and say, hands up who's got a bathtub. Like, that is so fucking ridiculous. And then every single one of them has a bathtub. (laughs) It's so good. It can't get any better. Uh, So we start the episode with them packing for Bermuda. Monica's bleaching her moustache. Brooks is ignoring his mother. Angie's (laughs) packing a Greek flag bikini. And Whitney is packing bad Mormon, which I do not think she's going to crack open. No. But that was nice of her to to give it a little cameo. <laughs> yeah, she's she's yeah. that was that was sweet. Doing her a solid. Yeah. <laughs> this Greek flag bikini. I mean, Angie Kay. I uh, now I'm thinking maybe she is part of the mafia because it's it's too much. It's too much. It's too <laughs> much. Look, I know people like that mm-hmm. within my own culture that. Every two seconds, it's about where they come from. And it's like, do you not have anything else in your life? You'd be proud of it. But what else you got? You got Sonny's <laughs> and you got a gay husband <laughs> and you got the Greek flag on your bikini. Like, what else, doll? Well, what else has she got is the fact that she was going on about being Greek so much that I didn't clock those many, many, many stacks of ones at that Easter. Like it wasn't like Sutton where she had a thousand bucks worth of ones. This was like $5,000 worth of ones. So do you think that was a money laundering scheme for the mafia? Yes. You do? I I think that that stack of notes on the table was ones on the front and the back and hungies in the middle. That's what I think. And she was like doing that make it rain with with some ones so that no one else could notice all the up. No. Ballsy to do that on a camera, like on TV. Yeah, but you know what? The people in the mob are ballsy. They're mobsters. Let's let's address this elephant in the room. So we find out later in the app that I think Meredith has been orchestrating some DMs to Monica. <laughs> a blind person could see this. It's a Meredith's new thing is she's going for Angie being in the mafia. And you believe it. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I choose to believe it. I don't care if there's any evidence. This is the mm-hmm. only thing that makes Angie interesting and she needs to run with this storyline if she wants to stay on the show. <laughs> I didn't know the Greeks had a mafia. Everyone has a mafia. And they're headquartered in Salt Lake City? Yeah, Main Street, mate. <laughs> they're not so hiding. Funny. <laughs> so funny. 
I thought like Lisa Barlow's Vita Tequila was like the most mobster thing in Salt Lake, but no, apparently. You never know. She (laughs) might be, you know, not giving blowjobs for jazz tickets. She might be hanging out on Main Street. Wow. Okay, well, we'll get into that more later. So Whitney, she has a little talk to Justin quite quickly about her irritation with Lisa. She seems to still be making herself the victim because of her friend passing away. Stop it. I don't know if I'd make it a storyline if I were her. I agree with you. I don't know if I'd make it a storyline, but when something affects you that deeply, it's hard not to because it's all you're thinking about. I don't trust this Whitney. I don't trust any of them, but (laughs) as much as I could not live without Lisa Barlow on this show, she does make everything about herself a little bit more than everyone else simply because she talks more. So she's (laughs) sharing that it's about herself more. The rest of them are doing it, but not saying it as often. Mm -hmm. Well put. So we get to the airport at 6am. I love when we get a timestamp and that's an early airport run. God bless them. Yeah, that Um, is early. We get some quick confessionals of them all saying, like, how terrified of Bermuda they are. I don't understand. No one's terrified of Colombia, but we're terrified of Bermuda. It's weird. It is strange. It's very white women going overseas, and I don't like it. Yeah, that's true. But I did like how Heather said in confessional, you know, about the pirate ships and the sunken treasure. And she says, I bet we finally see the ring. I love that. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, Heather's, she's back to fine form, I think. She is. And so... Meredith must have taken two sleeping pills. That's what Whitney said. Yeah, and and it must be something else. It can't just be two sleeping pills. It must be like a Xanax and a sleeping pill. She said she took two Xanax and she drank a lot on the flight. (laughs) I'm a non-medical person, but I definitely advocate when you have a Valium or a Xanax to have a glass of wine because it heightens the effect of the drug. So you feel great. It's a nice restful sleep. But, you know, that's like a five milligram Valium I've done that with. I don't Uh know how many milligrams his Xanax was. If you just handed them out willy-nilly, you must have a recurring script. And she said she drank a lot on the first flight. So she had like five, six glasses of champagne. And you know what drinking on a plane does to you? Uh Who drinks like a lot on a plane? You can't. Like you are so drunk. Uh So she's had two Xanax, drank a lot. Yeah, no shit, it makes you sick. Like, you're an idiot. So I think my question for you then is, should the others be feeling sorry for her and, like, giving her the world? I think they should have been concerned for her is my problem. Like, they're watching her sleep the whole time. Like, it is well known that if you consume alcohol and have stuff like this, like, doctors will tell you, like, it can slow your breathing down so much that you stop breathing. So they don't recommend it in the first place. I would have been concerned and gone, guys, we need to see a medic. I wouldn't be surprised if they already fucking saw one and the the scene with the medic later is a second scene because they'd surely, production surely would have a duty of care to have someone well, look at her. Th- This is my conspiracy theory thing. So it's like, so she's on the buzz zonked out talking about how cold she is. She just wants a hot bath. But Mm. it's like, she should not be going into a body of water. She should not be going into a body of water at all. And so do you think either production or the girls subconsciously were all just like, we cannot have her in a bathtub right now? Oh, but they can't say it on the camera and break the fourth wall. Well, I mean, they never really cared about the fourth wall before. So maybe that's why I'm thinking, I don't know. But like, if it was the production mandated thing... Mm. 
maybe that's why they sort of just said, all right, give her the room without the tub and didn't make a big deal of it. Oh. But, like, what was she doing? was in no state to actually go and have a bath. No way. She would have died. Yeah. And you know what? I've had a shower and warmed up. Like, get a grip. Like, you're in Bermuda. Just go warm up. So, yes, she's zonked. She wants the heater on. They get to the house. The house looks nice. Mm. And everyone seems to be like, oh, well done, Heather. And it's like, are we still doing this charade that Heather actually picked this place out? I don't mind because they did the run for your room thing. So I'll put up with it for that. Yeah. And Meredith doesn't engage. It's like, if you want to tub that bad, go and stake your claim, doll. I know. And she's like, I was sick. I couldn't run. It's like, you wouldn't have done that anyway, Meredith. You just were like, are we doing this? Like, what? I'm not doing this. So fuck off. She just wanted to be handed a tub. And it's like, okay, well, then who has to give up a tub for you to have a tub? Well, Heather should have given up the tub because apparently she uses her tub as a laundry basket. Oh, I know. That's funny. One of them should have turned around and just gone, just let's swap rooms, man. If it means that much to you, let's swap rooms. And the reason they didn't is because none of them are actually friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. Yeah, totally. So... Meredith retreats into her room to sulk while the rest have lunch. Mm. Monica does check on her. And even Monica, she's listening to her bitching and moaning about not having a tub. And Monica's like, all right, well, (laughs) I'm not swapping. No. (laughs) I get sort of if someone is like, I'm on Vacanza, I want a view, I don't have a view. Her room didn't only not have a tub, it didn't have a view. So Mm. if it had a better view, then someone would have gone, yeah, fuck it, she's got a better view, let's swap. Mm-hmm, exactly. So then Angie and Whitney chat and Heather and Lisa chat at the same time. Mm. They're both talking about the fight that they had at Meredith's jewellery event. And Heather says that Whitney has been going around saying that she's been coaching Lisa to help her grow as a person, which I don't think are the words that she actually used. But anyway, Lisa does not take that well. I wouldn't be surprised if she did. You reckon? I would not be surprised. Whitney on this healing journey... I could so see her say something like that. Yeah, I could too. And when Lisa says, give a girl a crystal and the next thing you know, she's the Dalai Lama, I thought she nailed it. I think so too. Honestly, I do. And it's like, if you are really close with Lisa, that is not something you tell Heather. That's something you tell Lisa. Mm -hmm. And then have a conversation about it. You know? Yeah, it seems like there's still this undergoing tension between Heather and Whitney oh, that yeah. no one can do anything without that being the fight. And I'm kind of sick and tired of them talking about the fact that they're cousins. They met not long before the show started mm-hmm. and they yep. figured out they were related. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to trick us. You did not grow up together as kids. You found out as grown-ass adults that you were related like a lot of Mormons are mm-hmm. in Utah because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's the way it goes. Okay. I get it, you were really close friends and now you're not, but that sometimes happens in newer adult friendships. There's no foundation to bring you back together like when you were kids. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just kind of over it. It's like you met a couple of years before the fucking show started or whatever. Like Lisa and Meredith were friends for longer. Yeah, I agree. And do you think Lisa is right to sort of be angry that someone's going around saying that they're trying to make them be a better person? Fucking like, oath. Yeah, that Don't is kind of shitty. Don't fuck yourself. <laughs> 
you're basically telling me that before our friendship, I was a shittier person. Like that's not nice. And again, if yeah. if you didn't mean it in a shitty way, you shouldn't be saying it to fucking Heather. You should be saying it to Lisa. Hey, I'm really proud of you. I've noticed since we've been hanging out more that your behaviour is more like this. And let Lisa be the one to say it's because of our friendship. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. is a fucked up thing to say to someone else. Whitney is jealous that Lisa and Heather are friendly again and she's not jealous that they're friends again but she's jealous of how they're displaying that friendship and how Lisa is making it more of a priority which means you come second sometimes and you don't like that. Mm -hmm. Whitney's the one that's jealous, sorry. Totally and these sound like real issues and then we cut to Meredith saying her feelings are hurt because she didn't get a bathtub. (laughs) I love it. I fucking love it. Again, it's the light with the shade and we need it and thank you Meredith Marks. Totally. And so Monica returns to Lisa and Heather and she says, oh yeah, Meredith says the room situation has made her remember how selfish everyone is. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. No, still don't give a shit. I love it. Meredith's texting with the producer and then a mobile medic attends her room. Mm. Um, She's dehydrated, blah, blah, blah. And I just loved this whole segment because she's on the bed looking like death getting an IV drip and then she's on the bed looking like death getting glam. I love that. Glam in bed. I have seen before people get glam while they're lying down. I think I Mm -hmm. saw it on the Kardashians where one of them, obviously they work a lot Mm -hmm. and so they're getting rest and they're getting their glam. I think it's a great idea. I'm going to get like a cat nap and you can do my – it's like so efficient. I I think it's – yeah. So it wasn't as shocking to me when I saw it, but I was still like, oh, yeah, Meredith, you go. It was so funny because at the same time she's telling the makeup artist about the bathtub. But she was kind of out of it when she was doing it. Like she was, it was obviously iconic. weak. Oh, it was so iconic. This is that's what I mean. Like I can't tell you whether this episode of Salt Lake or the Beverly Hills, like which one was better? They both had iconic scenes. It was a really good week. Yeah. And so while she's getting glam in bed, the other girls minus Whitney because she's having a bath. I know. It's revealed I love that. I so love that. Funny. See, she can't give up her room if she takes baths. <laughs> right. Uh, she only took the bath to stick it to Meredith. You reckon? She said, oh, this is going to be a funny little bit, me having a bath. That's why she was late. Of course. She was producing and she did a good job for once. Yes, you're right. So, yeah, the other girls are doing a cocktail thingy on the beach, which, you know, looks Rum fun. tasting, darling, rum tasting. Yeah, rum. I rum. hate rum. Does that mean I can't go to Bermuda? And so then... Whitney comes a bit late and Lisa sort of starts shading her a little bit about the betterment comment, but it sort of doesn't land Exactly. And so they go to the bus to go to dinner. Meredith makes it onto the bus. And this was my favourite moment in the whole show. She looks amazing. She looked amazing. The, The glam in bed really worked. It did. And that's when she says, who here has a room with a bathtub in it? <laughs> and it's just crickets. That must have been some authoritative questioning because people were putting their hands up like in school. Yeah. Or maybe she just thought that would draw less attention to herself if it was just like miming yes and not actually saying it. Yeah, I don't know. But that was just so funny. Like that's the question we've got to ask. Oh, it was so important. And Angie calls her out and says, well, you're making snarky comments, so you can't have been that sick. Mm. And that's when Meredith flips it back on Angie and basically they're just screaming at each other about spreading legs and ruining families. Oh, that fight again. 
Yeah, I was a bit exhausted by that. I was like, stick to the bathtub. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so then they get to the restaurant. Lisa makes sure they order bread and Diet Coke first before the fighting can continue. I mean, good for her. (laughs) She needs to keep her energy up if she's going to keep fighting. Yeah, and so Meredith basically makes them acknowledge that her feelings were hurt because she didn't get a bathtub. And Whitney piggybacks off of that (sighs) to somehow come for the whole Lisa thing and Heather. They barely got two mouthfuls of food in. Like, Whitney, can we just chill out for a sec? And I need to see these women eat because we all know that when they go to these dinners, they spend their time fighting and not eating and it just it bothers me. I need someone to eat. Sorry. Well, maybe they all have esophageal issues. Yes, maybe they do. Yeah, so Whitney and Lisa <laughs> are yelling and Heather's chiming in so then it's becoming a, a Whitney and Heather fight. Lisa's saying she walks on eggshells around Whitney. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> and then Lisa's like, what's the deal with you saying you're helping me be a better person, which makes Whitney mad at Heather for saying that and... <laughs> Sorry, I just laugh because in my notes I've got that Heather says that Lisa doesn't have a journey. She's Mormon 2.0. I just thought that was so funny. That was funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> then they're fighting about church and then Lisa's saying she's a bulldog and then it's just like, what's going on? And so we've got Angie and Meredith cheersing in another parallel universe. Like they're getting along. Well, because they're not fighting for once. I love it. Yeah, that was funny. So Whitney then tells Heather to shut the fuck up. Love that. You know I love her shut the fuck up. And she says it a few times, but mm. apparently that's like the worst thing. And now Heather's doing that annoying thing where instead of fighting about the issue, she's fighting about the fact that she got told to shut the fuck up. Yes. And she's like, I would rather you say that in a more respectful way. <laughs> <laughs> Please shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid. And then, I don't know. Yeah, so Heather's just so annoyed at that. When Whitney tries to cheers Heather, she rejects the cheers. Why does Whitney try to cheers Heather? I don't know. You just threw her under the bus. Now you're trying to cheers her because you sort of calm shit down with Lisa. It's like, no, sweetheart. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure at this point, Heather was more pissed off about the fact that when Whitney is talking to Lisa only and says something like, I was used to you being the one comforting me after last year. So that's clearly throwing shade at fucking Heather, basically saying like, after Heather fucking dropped me as a friend and kept throwing me under the bus and screaming and threw at threw her into her window. <laughs> yes. So that was a dig at Heather. So what I don't get uh-huh. is why does Whitney then go to cheers Heather? Like you basically threw a dagger at Heather and when she catches it, you're surprised? Mm. Whitney's really weird because then Heather wants Whitney to explain her friendship with Lisa, which, I mean, you shouldn't have to explain friendships. But then no. Whitney says you all just want to ruin my friendship with Lisa. And she says something, I don't know, because you guys all want to like, because you're all so fragile, you want to ruin it. And everyone was like, whoa. Yeah, she says that you'll be triggered and then try to ruin it. Yeah. But everyone sort of made out like that was the worst thing said at the table. I think they're taking it as Whitney saying that she and Lisa have a real friendship and none of you do. That kind of means that Whitney and Lisa's relationship is more meaningful on the show. Right. So they're all just like, fuck you, you two aren't the top dogs on the show now because you've got a real friendship kind of thing. That's kind of how I was taking it. But again, I think that Whitney's the one that's jealous of Mm -hmm. Heather and Lisa mending their friendship because then it kind of puts her out of balance of having a true ally on the show. 
I see that. I think it's all about the TV and their position on the show. Yes, agreed. So then it starts raining, so the dinner rants. <laughs> Even Lisa's God is over this conversation, but anyway. <laughs> so then they go back to the house. Whitney falls asleep on the bus. There's some fun with that. And then some of the girls are unwinding with leftovers, blah, blah, blah. Thank God the food got eaten. That's all I'm saying. Thank God. And Whitney says she could beat Heather's ass. And it's like, well, it didn't seem that way when Heather threw you into a window. Exactly. This Whitney, she's all talk. Oh, yeah, totally. And then Monica and Meredith debrief. Meredith really has bounced back, hasn't she? She has. She's she's definitely rallied at this point. She's still a bit zonked, but she's bounced back. Yeah. And Monica brings up this girl who messaged them both on Instagram about how Angie is in the Greek mafia and her finances are shady. And Meredith seemingly has nothing to do with it. She goes, oh, I'm really far behind in my DMs. (laughs) Like She's not on top of a DM, so she knows nothing about it. This is ridiculous. Monica said that after these two went to lunch, they were on the main street. Meredith tells her about... The fact that Main Street used to be run by the Greek Mafia and that Angie could possibly be in the Greek Mafia. And Mm -hmm. then later that same day, Meredith either calls or texts Monica saying, hey, did you get this DM? Because I got it. Mm -hmm. And Monica says yes. And now Meredith's trying to say that she's behind in her DMs? It stinks. This is beyond deja vu. But this is all based on the assumption that Monica's telling the truth. Do you think Monica's telling the truth? Because I think, yeah. I think Monica is too clueless not to be telling the truth. Monica does not know how to play housewife. But she's sort of figuring it out now with her denials. Yes. And that she's disengaging. She's like, huh, am I getting played? Well, I think she was doing that in her confessional. And because we saw what happens... Next episode, this is when, after next episode is, I think, when Monica's starting to join the dots because someone drew her a fucking roadmap, i.e. Lisa Barlow. Uh Uh-huh. In this scene, Monica has got no idea why Meredith is happy to be friends with her because Meredith is using Monica to get all these rumours out. Well, it worked with the gay rumours. Like, that came out via Monica. And now it's happening again. you got to figure that out quicker, Monica. Like, even I was figuring it out. Before we get to the, like, you know, next time, my notes, obviously, as I'm watching it in the moment, I was just like, this is all Meredith. So even mm-hmm. I was getting it. But it's easier to get it when you're watching it and not experiencing it. Like, this whole, like, yeah. I haven't seen the documents, I don't know what you're talking about, really, bitch? This means that Monica's going to have to be the one to say it because Meredith hasn't seen the physical evidence. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so Captain Obvious. Yeah, that I'm really far behind in my DMs comment really <laughs> made it obvious for me. Of course it did. You call her about a DM and then you're telling her, I'm behind on my DMs. <laughs> Like, Meredith isn't even putting in that much effort. How does Monica not see it? Oh, Yeah. Well, she sees it now, as you said. So, And so that was pretty much the end of the episode. Next time we've got a birthday party for Monica on the water and that's when all, yeah, the mafia allegations come out, which is so funny. And we see that Lisa's putting it all on Meredith, which is where it belongs. Yes. And that's what I'm like, this is why Monica realises it because obviously this confessional is filmed after... Ah, so Lisa tipped her off. Lisa's the one, like, putting it where it belongs back onto Meredith and not on Monica, and I'm fucking here for it. I cannot wait. Yeah, I love that. Oh, so good. 
What, two great episodes? Yes. Anything to say about anything else going on? The Below Decks, the Winter Houses, the Potomacs? Oh, so in Winter House, the only thing, not even really about the episode that I wanted to talk about, but, okay, so I'm sure you don't watch the um, Southern Charm spinoff, the Southern Hospitality. One of the guys on that show and Danielle are seeing each other. Danielle's a fucking crazy person and she needs to maybe not date. Who was it? Someone in confessional on Winterhouse said, I think it was Amanda, said something like, Danielle is so soon out of a relationship that she's acting with this guy like she would her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And it's such a like a clever way to look at it. Because mm-hmm. that's why you should be single for a while after a relationship because you don't know how to behave in dating. Yep, that's what it is. It's so clever because Danielle's just making a fool of herself. I kind of feel bad for her. But not just with that guy, the below deck pirate, yeah. but also with, with the other guy when she's oh, throwing yeah. the things that his mum sent him, the clothes. It's like, can you relax? She'd be crazy. Like, no wonder guys call chicks crazy. She's acting out after, you know, the demise of her relationship. And people don't need to be seeing that. Like, your girlfriends get it. Guys don't get it. Well, and she just had that horrible season on Summer House where she was acting like a crazy person with, you know, what's-her-face and Carl, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you'd think you'd maybe watch that back after getting slammed. Yeah. Or did that not air at this point? I don't know. Maybe it didn't air because she is acting like a crazy person. I think it did. She's doubling down and it's wild. Yeah. She doesn't know how to process her emotions and it just comes out. Mm-hmm. Totally. Anything on Below Deck? That's just with Luca was dropping the ball this episode and Sandy was getting riled up. And the laundry lady. I have a question. The laundry lady, Lily. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that all of a sudden... Luca's dropping the ball or is this stuff that's been happening the whole time he was bosun because we all know the bosun job was thrust upon him too soon. Yeah. And it's like maybe him not being the greatest time manager, you know, with their shifts and shit, maybe he was never good at that and we're only getting it now because how can you be great at setting a schedule and then all of a sudden be shit at it? He had to have been shit at it the whole time. Yeah. I agree. How can you just all of a sudden be sucking at your job? I'm confused. It's because as soon as the ire of Sauron slash Sandy turns on you, (laughs) that's when you're doing a bad job. (laughs) Oh, my God, that was so funny. It's true. As soon as Sandy has her eyes, her little evil eye focused on you, (laughs) that's when you start to crumble. She's the problem. Sandy's the problem, you think? Always. Yeah. And it's like... No wonder he's he's not doing a schedule right because all of a sudden he's now got to, like, force guests to go down slides and stuff. He's wasting his time Probably. with the slides. Why does Sandy have such a fetish for these toys? She's always like, I want the toys in the water. I want the toys <laughs> in the water. Even when the guests don't want the toys in the water, she has just got a hard-on for a jet ski. She and does. I like her. Hey, what do you think of her on Winter House? Um, we didn't need her. Nah. We really nah. didn't need her there. It does let you know just how young and immature that these shows are meant to be because Sandy seemed ancient on that show, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this Lily, right, the the laundry lady. Useless. Yes, she's useless. But remember, she lives around Buckingham Palace, doesn't she, in oh, London. Yeah. I'm guessing that her family be rich. Mm-hmm. And rich people don't know how to clean toilets or do laundry. And the fact that 
she's now working, I'm like, you've got to give a girl a break. Should she be on the show? No. But it's sort of like she doesn't realise that her whole job is laundry from go to woe and she'll just clean a shirt and then dump it on a heap on the ironing board and just expect it to just magically appear upstairs. Well, because that's how it probably happened growing up in her house. Well, get a clue, Lily. No, no. So I used to live in a unit building where in the bin room, there was rubbish bags everywhere except for in the bin. And I didn't Mm. understand it. It was disgusting. I would take photos and send it to like the building manager until one day someone explained it to me that when people come from families where they have money and they've never had to throw out their own rubbish, they don't actually know to put it in the bin. They just think it's in the bin room, it's enough. And it just gave me perspective on, oh, my God, how privileged some people are. Uh, Privileged people are dumb, basically. What about Potomac? I'm not really engaging. No, me, I'm hardly writing anything down. The only thing that is kind of making me laugh is Karen. As usual, as like usual Karen with the, with the Robin pie analogy, and then we got, <laughs> and then we got pictures of Robin as pie. That was great. That was a great bit of editing. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, I'm really, I'm not buying what they're selling. It's not a good season. No, and we'll Ashley's got to learn to put those. Tar- like she keeps saying, I've got to learn to shop for my new tartars. Bitch, go to Target and buy an extra large T-shirt. This is your life now. You know what? I think Ashley can go. Yeah. I think with Michael, it was fantastic. Yes. We need Michael. We need Michael. Be interesting. It can't, you can't just be messy and that be your whole thing. Yeah, you're right. We need a shake-up. She has no storyline. And I, I know that they shouldn't always have to have a storyline. Traditional housewives, they didn't really have storylines. But I'm not really getting anything from Ashley. If right. you don't have a storyline, make up for it with, like, really funny shade or something. Yeah, like, Karen never has a fucking storyline and she's essential on the show. Yeah. I mean, she does have three-wick candles, but <laughs> Robin, I mean, she She's got to go. She needed to go after her first fucking season. She's like how a lot of people feel about Emily and Gina on OC. Mm-hmm. Can just can she go? She's. Well, I would rather keep Candace, and you know how much I hate totally. Candace. But like, if she's in like a scandal that all of the Bravoverse is talking about, and you're still not interesting, you got to go. A hundred percent. Well, because she refuses to engage about it. Yeah. Her engagement is why are we talking about this? I've got nothing to say. Well, then get off my fucking TV. Exactly. Because the fucking purple feather crazy number you wore in confessional is not crazy enough to keep you. Did you notice that <laughs> dress? You saw the top no. of the dress, like a darker lilac, and it had like feather shoulder pad. It was hideous. You know I hate feathers. Yes. Giselle's fashion sense has rubbed off on Robin completely. You've got <laughs> you to pay more attention to Robin's fashion fashion. It is Terrible. Do you have any um, sizzles or anything you want to talk about before we wrap up? Oh, so did you know that Jen Fessler, she's on the Ozempic Hardcore, mm-hmm. and she had something like an, 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 what do they call it, an impacted bowel? She was full of shit. Oh, yeah. And had to go to the hospital. <laughs> I think she is full of shit, yeah. She had to go to the hospital over it like it was serious. Wow. And yet she's still not blaming the Ozempic, even though it was because of the Ozempic. She's saying, oh, but it was really my fault because I was eating pizza and not eating vegetables and not drinking enough water. So bitch had to go to hospital, but she's still taking the Ozempic. I personally think that is, again, we really don't like talking about it, but I think that is an eating disorder. Sorry, Mm. I do. I really do. 
So well, I don't know what's going on. I think she is full on. of shit because you know how I'm reading the Barbara book. Are you still reading the Barbara book? I'm listening to the Barbara book. Yeah. Not once has Barbara mentioned while talking about her childhood that she was best friends with two <laughs> identical twins that look like Orphan Annie in oh Brooklyn. Oh, my God, that's true. So now that Barbara's not mentioned it, I think Jen Fessler was lying. I forgot all about that. <laughs> she doesn't talk about her her twin friends, the Fesslers. <laughs> were they her sisters or her aunts? I think they were her aunties. Yeah, well, yeah, mum, yeah, yeah. mum and auntie. Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Huh? Duh, twins. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Well, let me know if you come across any Fessler reference because I haven't so far. I will let you know. So the sizzles that I've got is Ariana came third in Dancing with the Stars and she will be playing Roxy Hart on oh, Broadway. Yeah. Good for her. For an eight-week run. So probably yeah. what Erica would have been doing had it not been cut short. Yeah. I think Chicago on Broadway is just... They'll just cast anyone, really. Well, they cast someone who will bring sales from somewhere else. Oh, yeah, it's not a bad strategy. I think it's a great strategy, yeah. It's just you don't don't go to that show expecting Patti Lapone pipes. You're no. just going to get Ariana Maddox and it's going to be great. Yeah, exactly. Lenny's now accusing Lisa of cheating on him. I can't with these two. He releases, like, some text exchanges with her and a friend of hers. It's like, you're not allowed to do that. Hey, with this Lenny stuff, mm. you know how it was his mum and him that called the police or whatever? Remember, like, last... She called the police because him and his mum were, like, uh, bullying her him. in her yeah. ho- own home and wouldn't leave her bedroom. That's fucked up. But do you remember last season how she met with Lenny's mum and the mum was, yes. like, so, like, nice and apologetic? Do you think that was all a ruse, like, even then? No. Like, was the mum like, I'm going to meet with her and get the tea? Oh. Little double agent? Or or is the mum just had a full, like, shift because that's what parents do? I don't think that Lenny was talking to his mum about what was going on and Lisa was, so she was being sympathetic towards Lisa. And then mm-hmm. when it was the divorce was ha- – I've seen Wogs do this all the time. Once the divorce is happening, then all of a sudden it's an about face. That's her son. He is the golden child. Yeah. And he is the goose that laid the golden egg for that family. Like, mm-hmm. he's paying for everything for his parents, 100%, I bet. Oh, unless he came from money and they're loaded too. I don't know. I don't know. know. I'm talking out of my ass, clearly. But I also really appreciated how the girls in Miami for that trip, they were like, let's not talk about Lenny. Yes, (laughs) I know. We've had enough. I know, I know. (laughs) At the end of the day, she's living in a $6,000 a month apartment. Lenny's paying for half. Her boyfriend's paying for half. She's got a maid. Yeah, she does. And I really hope that this candle, no, this fragrance thing turns into something because Lisa really needs to have her own money. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously she gets paid for being on the show, but it's a relatively new show in terms of its comeback. I can't imagine them making a ton. And yeah. let's face it, Lisa does have expensive taste because that's the life that Lenny made her accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Anywho, that's all I got. Oh, Okay. Well, let's leave it there then. Everyone, you can reach out to us at Effing Bravo. You can leave ratings and reviews to tell us anything we've gotten wrong. And thank you so much for listening. Totally. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye. Bye.